Hey there, and thanks for tuning in to a message from New King Church. We're a church located in South Burlington, Vermont, and our prayer is that this resource would help you find and follow Jesus. If you want to know more about our church and the ministries we have, check us out at newkingchurch.com. Good morning. Um, Our reading this morning is from Luke chapter 2 and Isaiah chapter 9. After I read, I'll say this is the word of the Lord if you'll respond by saying thanks be to God. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom, to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness. From this time forth and forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. This is the word of the Lord. You can be seated. Good morning. Merry Christmas. I feel like we're, we've got like a gap here. What's going on with that? The strange thing. Yeah, so today we are going to be talking about peace. We're going to be talking about how we can have peace. We're going to talk about having peace with God, and we're going to talk about having peace within as the Prince of Peace, Jesus, rules in our hearts. Um, I, do, uh, I, I do think about how this past two years has impacted us. Um, you know, I, I, I'm sure that many of you would say the last couple of years have had an impact on your life and on your peace and um, and, and my hope is that today you are going to come away with some real theology and, and some real handles uh, to apply what you learn today uh, that will help you to live a life filled with peace. That is what Christ offers to us. Um, in our culture, anxiety, fear, worry, stress, these things are epidemic. And all that our culture offers to us are ways to, um, to manage it, right? We, we know, we hear things about stress 
management. And, um, and the, the Bible, on the other hand, offers us a solution. The Bible doesn't just offer us stress management or anxiety management, but it actually offers to us a solution. You do not have to live day-to-day filled with anxiety. You can have peace. Um, And so that's what we're going to be learning about today. We're going to be learning more about the foundation for that belief, and we're going to learn about the Prince of Peace and how we can allow the Prince of Peace to rule inside our hearts. So let's pray together one more time, and then we'll get into it. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the the gift of corporate worship, the gift of gathering together, of getting to see each other and, and, um, and smile at each other and laugh together and talk and connect. Thank you for the gift of getting to sing the praises of your son, Lord, to sing your praises, Jesus. Um, especially in this season of Advent as we, as we prepare our hearts for Christmas. Thank you for the, the privilege that it is to open up your word, to, to read your very words. They are powerful. They are living. They are active. They are sharper than any two-edged sword. They pierce to the division of soul and spirit and joints and marrow. And we ask, Holy Spirit, take your word, the sword of the Spirit, and do that work in our hearts that needs to happen in order that we could live out the, the, the gifts, the blessings that have been given to us in Jesus Christ in order that he might be more glorified, more magnified in our lives. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so before we understand the gift that's been given to us, we need to understand um, why we needed it. And so if you're new to all of this, I want to start back at the beginning. I like to do that because it helps us to get the big picture. Um, When God created the heavens and the earth and humanity and all that we know, it was a paradise. And in paradise, before, before sin came into the world, before evil came into the world, peace ruled over everything. And there was peace between God and humanity. And so that created a, a peace in all of humans, in all of uh, humanity's experience. We were made for this paradise, for this peaceful existence. And as we talk about peace um, and the peace that, that we are made for, I want to give you a definition for this. So here's a definition for peace. Um, it is It is an absence of conflict and animosity, but it goes beyond that. And it is also a joyful state of rest and contentment. It is more than an absence of conflict and animosity. It is a joyful state of rest and contentment. And so this is something that we are all longing for. God has placed within us a desire for himself, a desire for oneness with him, for his presence. 
for relationship with him. And until we experience that, we do not experience this peace that I'm talking about. But we long for it. We long for this peace. We, we ache for it. We turn to other things to try and find it, to try and satisfy that longing that we have. We look to sin to try and find it, or the vacation to try and find it, or the, the new job to try and find it. Whatever it is, we look to other things to try and fulfill this longing within us that God has made us for Himself, to be in right relationship with Himself, at peace with Him, and in harmony with Him. And before the fall, that is what all human beings experienced. They experienced a peaceful harmony with God and a harmony within themselves. Humans were not um, at, it, at odds with themselves. But when the fall came, when sin came, it put human beings at odds with our Creator, and it put us at odds even with our own selves. Sin created the disintegration of our inner lives. So in other words, when you experience this, um, these dual desires, right? When you experience a double-mindedness, you know that you want one thing, but you do another, Anybody, anybody in here know what I'm talking about? You want to you wanna live one way, and yet you, you live a different way. You, you, you want to be free from that sin, and yet you turn to it again. You want to be free from that addiction, and yet you're still in it. What is, what is that? That is the disintegration of your soul. Sin caused that. And that we were not made to, to be that way. We were meant to be at peace with ourselves, in harmony with ourselves, in wholeness with ourselves, but we are disintegrated because of sin, because we are not at peace with God. Think about what, what we see in our world, all of the chaos, all the struggle, all the pain, all the disorder. It makes sense in light of the fact that humanity has rebelled against the Creator. In Acts 17, in verse 28, it says that in God we live and move and have our being. What that means is that everything that you know, everything that you experience on a daily, in your daily experience is happening within God. In Him, you live and move and have your being. The way that the Scriptures talk about this it says in Hebrews 1.3 that he upholds all things by the word of his power. God is holding you and I together. He is holding reality together. Every molecule and atom and subatomic particle is being held together moment by moment by the word of his power. We exist and all that we know in all of the universe, it exists within God. In Him we live and move and have our being. Every breath that you have is a gift. Every beat of your heart is a gift. Now, in light of that, it makes sense that there is such 
chaos and brokenness and, and pain and struggle in the world when we have rebelled against this God who made us and, and is holding us together. It makes sense, doesn't it? And so we see this lack of peace in the world and in our own experience. It also makes sense in light of the fact that when we rebelled against God, we came under His wrath. The Bible tells us that God, our God, is a holy God, perfect in holiness. He is perfectly just, which means that He cannot be in agreement with evil. He cannot be in agreement with wickedness. And so when we sinned, when we rebelled and went against His will and against His ways, we came under His just wrath. And so for that reason, it makes sense that the world lacks peace and is in a state of brokenness. We also find that we are in a broken uh, creation. When Adam and Eve rebelled against God... Adam is told, now the ground is cursed because of you. And, and even, even, your, um, even your work will be done by the sweat of your brow. Now, it's going to be painful, hard toil. And Eve is told, now bearing children is not going to be this easy thing. It's going to be a painful thing. And... Um, and some of the ladies in the room said, amen. <laughs> it is a painful thing, right? That is, that is a result of sin. We are at odds with God. We're at odds with ourselves. We're at odds with creation. And we, we feel it. We, we feel it in our experience. It, this is the lack of peace that we experience. And then And then finally, we experience a lack of peace because the Bible says that when we sinned, when we rebelled, we were actually joining a rebellion that was started by Satan, and we came into alignment with his rebellion, joined his rebellion, and became a part of the domain of darkness. We actually became enslaved to the domain of darkness, and so because of that, we experience a lack of peace. And then, and then, we read in the story this scripture that we read this morning. Luke chapter 2. Look at that with me. It's, it's in this state of brokenness. Brokenness, lack of peace with God, lack of peace within ourselves, lack of peace with creation. Under the domain of darkness, enslaved to our own sins and enslaved to the ruler of the domain of darkness. And then it's into this situation that we read Luke chapter 2, starting in verse 9. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them. So angels are messengers. So God sends messengers from heaven to those who've been estranged to him in rebellion. And it says, And the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. 
And what you read when every single time heaven invades earth in the Bible, this is the response. Great fear. (laughs) Which makes perfect sense. If you've ever lifted a rock up in the middle of the day, and there's these creepy crawly things that live under there that don't, they're not used to the light, and all of a sudden, boom, light hits them. What do they do? They scatter, (laughs) right? Well, here, here we are living under this present darkness, under the, the, the uh, leadership of the domain of darkness, and then all of a sudden, boom, heaven invades earth. Light shines. The glory of the Lord shone around them. This is the light that fills all of heaven. It's, it's coming off of these messengers. It's coming off of them from just being in the presence of God. And they're filled with great fear. Because we've grown accustomed to the dark. If, if it weren't for sin, if it weren't for the fall, this wouldn't, this wouldn't terrify humans to see the glory of God. But it does terrify humans. The scriptures say that people dwelling in darkness have seen a great light for those dwelling in the region and shadow of death. On them a light has dawned. And so these angels who live out their days before a holy God, they come and they are, they're bright with the glory of God. And then they say to them, fear not. Fear not. So God's sending messengers into this, this rebellion, into this darkness where there's, there's chaos and pain and struggle and there's a lack of peace everywhere and in every way. And these messengers come and instead of coming with a message of condemnation, they're saying, fear not. Verse 10, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. In other words, God has sent us, these messengers are saying, into your rebellion, into your darkness with a message that's really good news, that's going to produce a great joy, and this message is for all people. No matter your background, no matter what you've done, no matter your skin color, your ethnicity, or what country you're from, this is a message for all people. And it is a message of great joy. A Savior has come. And then look at verses 13 through 14. And suddenly... There was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Peace. Here, the God that that we have rebelled against, that we are in opposition against, sends messengers with a, a gospel, a good news that will result in two things, glory to God 
and peace. Peace among men. Number one, it will result in glory to God. It's going to magnify His grace. The greatness, the beauty, the grandeur of His grace is about to be put on display. This good news is glorious to God. And it's going to result in peace. Peace for those who have lacked peace for so long. How is that? How is God going to provide a solution for this lack of peace that humans have experienced for so long? The answer is, unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. Jesus Christ is our solution. He is our peace. And here is exactly what it says in Romans 5.1. Let's read this together. Therefore, since we've been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Since we've been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, by putting your faith in Jesus... He justifies you. This, if you've been around the church for a long time, you can easily grow numb to how astonishing this is. But God set up a way for you and I to be credited with perfect righteousness apart from our works. This is incredible. This is amazing. We are credited as being perfectly righteous by faith. (laughs) Are you getting this? Not by works, not by doing a bunch of things to, to... earn our way into his favor, we all are craving this. We know deep down that we are wicked. We crave to be blameless. And God says, I'll provide a way for you All have fallen short of my glory. All have sinned. There's no one who does good, it says in Romans Nobody fears God. And so you know what? I'm going I'm to provide a way to do away with your sin. I am going to provide a way, God says, to make you righteous. And, and here's how you're going to get that righteousness. Faith. Just like Abraham who believed and it was counted to him as righteousness. And when we believe and it's counted to us as righteousness, we are justified. That means we stand before a holy God, blameless. We stand before him justified. We are declared not guilty. We have peace with God through 
the gospel through Jesus Christ, our Lord. This is the peace that we ultimately need, that God's anger toward our sin, toward us because of our sin, is put away. And, and not only is he just not angry toward us, no, 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 he accepts us and adopts us into his household as his own children. He reconciles us so completely that we are, we are counted as his own children. This is the peace that's being offered. But notice what the angels said. It doesn't say peace on earth with everyone, blanket statement. What did it say? Peace among those with whom God is pleased. In other words, you will have to believe in this Jesus. You will have to trust in this Jesus in order for this offer of peace to be yours. You must accept it, receive it by faith. We see this in Luke chapter 10 when Jesus sends out his um, disciples and he, he tells them, whatever house you enter, first say, peace be to this house. And if a son of peace is there, your peace will rest upon him. But if not, it will return to you. In other words, the offer is to all but only sons of peace, only those who believe will receive it. But for those who do receive it, oh, what a gift it is. So what we've done so far, and I've got about 15 more minutes, is lay out the foundation for peace. How, how is it that we can experience peace? That, that is we have to start there with a theology of how we can experience peace, that we have been granted peace with God through faith in Jesus Christ. Now I want to help us move into experience. Always start with your theology and then move into experience, okay? Build upon a solid foundation of theology first. So, we read in Isaiah 9 that... Jesus is the prince of peace, right? And the spread of his government and of peace will know no end. In other words, wherever Jesus reigns, peace reigns. Wherever Jesus rules, peace rules. Where his government, where his kingdom is, peace reigns. As goes his kingdom, so goes peace. Jesus said to his disciples in John 14, 27, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. So his offer is for you to experience peace, to, to not be afraid, to not be troubled. Do you see that? That he's not just giving you a position of peace, but he's offering to you an experience of peace in your everyday life. It says in Colossians 
Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. That's the same word for govern. Let the peace of Christ govern in your hearts, to which indeed you are called. This is what Colossians 3 is saying. You've got peace with God now. You are called to an experience of peace daily. Now, this is an awesome thing. Christ wants to rule in your life in such a way that you experience peace every single day. How do we do that? I want to give us some handles to kind of go home with that comes straight from Philippians 4. We're going to look at that in just a second. But what we've said is, this is available to us all. Christ dwells in your heart through faith, the Scriptures say, if you are a believer, if you're a Christian. Now, you've got to do some things, according to the Bible, in order to come into alignment with His peaceful rule in order to let the peace of Christ rule in your heart. You following me? All right. Now let's look at five, uh, five steps or five practices, Paul calls them, from Philippians 4, 4 through 9, that will bring us into alignment with his peaceful rule um, in our lives. So Philippians 4, 4 through 9. Do we have those scriptures? Yeah. All right. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. One more verse. That's the last one we got. Okay. And the God... Oh, wait. I'm just going to have to read it. Sorry about that. Um... What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. So here in this passage, we're given two incredible promises. The peace of God, if you do these things, the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And then Paul says, what you've learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. You want to know how to experientially have peace in your life through Jesus' rule in your heart. Here it is. We're going to look at five things. Number one, rejoice. Number one, rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. So here's what Paul starts out with saying. You have reason to rejoice at all times. Here he is in prison, chained to a wall, and he's saying rejoice in the Lord always. 
Not just when your circumstances around you are the way that you want them to be. You always, always have reason to rejoice. Why? You have been justified by faith. You have been given peace with God. No matter what happens in this life, you have reason to rejoice. So choose to rejoice in the Lord. Choose to rejoice in what He has done, in what He's given you. This is the first step to experiencing the peace of God. Rejoice. Choose to rejoice. Why? Because He is at hand. What does that mean? Well, it means he's near to us. It means he's available to you at any time. When Jesus gives the disciples the Great Commission, he says, and I will be with you always, even to the end of the age. He is at hand. He is is available at any moment so we can rejoice. Secondly, because he is at hand, because he is available, we can rest Look at verse 6. Do not be anxious about anything. We can rest. Do you know that Jesus commands us in the Scriptures not to worry? That that's a command? That He says, he says here's the, the key to not worrying. He says, look at how your Father takes care of the birds. Look at how He takes care of the, the lilies of the field. Will He not? Also take care of you. So he's saying, trust your very good, very trustworthy Father that he will take care of you. So rejoice and rest. Reject those anxious thoughts. As soon as they come in, as soon as those anxious thoughts begin to swirl, put a stop to them and say, my Father's trustworthy. He is good and I can rest in him. Here's what it says in Romans 8, 31 through 32. It says, If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Now, if I'm tempted to be anxious, if I'm tempted to be worried about something, I can go back to this verse and say, Father, you gave your own son. I can trust that you'll provide what I need in this situation. You will give me what I need in this situation. Number three, request. But in everything by prayer and supplication, let your request be made known to God. When you, have a, when you have a need arise, go to him with it. When, when, you're, when you're facing a situation, go to him with it. When you've got a decision to make, go to him with it. When you need wisdom, go to him. Make your request known to him. Don't, don't let yourself feel anxiety and not go to him. Go immediately to him in prayer. And make your request to Him and trust that He will meet your needs. We must request help. He says in James, you do not have because you do not ask. So every situation, every circumstance, every need, every uncertainty, every shortage, every trial, every hour of the day, 
make your requests known to him. Number four, reframe. Reframe. He says, make your requests with thanksgiving. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Why, why do I say reframe? I see thanksgiving as being the most powerful perspective shifter for me. When, when, when I begin to give thanks to God, what am I doing? I am seeing I'm seeing what he has done in the past. I'm seeing the blessings in my present. I'm seeing the promises that I know he will fulfill in the future. And if I don't give thanks, I can forget all of those things, right? But when I get, when I get in this spiral of despair, discouragement, negativity, I'm just down and oh, everything, and I'm grumbling, it's amazing how thanksgiving corrects my perspective. And so we don't just offer our prayers. We don't just come to Him with our requests. We come with thanksgiving so that we have right perspective. God, I remember how you answered this prayer, and so I come with faith with this one. Thank you that you, you, you answer prayer. You hear me. I know it because of this. Thank you that you have given me this and this, and, and right now you are blessing me. We get discouraged and down when all of our focus is on what God isn't doing in our minds. But what Thanksgiving does is it reminds us of all that He is doing, all that He has done, and faith can rise up in our hearts. So we reframe. And then comes the promise of verse 7, And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. It seems like Paul would stop there, but he goes on. He says, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, lovely, commendable, if there's any excellence, anything worthy of praise, think about these things what you've learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. So we have to remember the things that lead us to praise. That's the final step. We've rejoiced. We've chosen to rejoice in the Lord for all that Christ has done for us. We are chosen to rest in the trustworthiness of God. We've made our request to the Lord We've reframed our perspective by giving thanks, and now it's time to remember the things that lead to praise. Now we're going to think back to what God was teaching me in the Word this morning. Or what, what, what was the last time that I saw God at work? I'm going to remember whatever it is. I'm going to look at the snow, or I'm going to look at a tree, or I'm going to look at a sunrise. I'm going to, I'm going to set my thoughts on the things that lead to praise on the things that are true and beautiful and excellent and praiseworthy. And if I do that, if I do all of these things, then I am, here's what I'm doing. I'm bringing myself into a place that is allowing the peace of Christ to rule, to govern in my life. I'm bringing myself into alignment with His peaceful 
rule. And the Bible gives us a guarantee, a promise. If you will do these things, the peace of Christ will guard your heart and your mind. And the God of peace will be with you. This is a guarantee for us. So because we've been given peace with God through Jesus, we can experience peace in our everyday lives through Jesus. The peace of Christ, who is the Prince of Peace, can guard your heart and your mind in the days ahead. Let's pray. Lord, we know that even though these things are true, that we need your help. We need your Holy Spirit to empower us to live these things out. We need your help to to have the strength to comprehend the good news of the gospel. We need you, Holy Spirit, to be able to rejoice. We need you to be able to to make requests and, and to give thanks. And God, we need you. We need you, Holy Spirit. So I ask, would you come? Would you, would you empower us to live in light of the truths that we've seen in your word? And Lord Jesus, would you let your peace rule in our hearts? Help us to let your peace rule in our hearts so that you would get more glory from our lives, and that we would get more joy. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.